and uh, next Sunday night, if I remember, it would be tonight, but next Sunday night, we should have communion. You understand? Okay, so you should be in church. It's, it's, what holiday is it? It's the suffering of Christ, not a holiday. Jesus Christ died on the cross. Amen, and we need to, um, I'll be in church this Sunday night. Should be, we should be in church. And crying over and receiving uh, communion and then the uh, the brothers are uh, so will and I let uh, you will know what to do and uh, <clears throat> just uh, loving on the Lord and we are we're here tonight to um, we're here tonight to love on Jesus a little bit right to <clears throat> to talk about Jesus to to get down in the world and love him more. And you love this world, but it's dying. Love not the world. Either the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father, that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the love of God. For God so loved the world that he, he gave his um, only begotten son. See, Jesus is the love of God. And that's why when you love Christ, you love God. You cannot love God but by loving Jesus Christ. If you don't love Christ, you cannot love God. And um, God is awesome. And he created us. And this is our time. But it's, uh, it's uh, passing away very fast. And... Um, we, um, one generation, as Sister Marina was saying, Psalms uh, 145, one generation passed it on to another generation. And was it, who was it, Micah, says that, uh, look at me and says, well, I'm an example of passing on to you. See, you got to get it while I'm alive. See, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm gone, you, you can't get it. So... That's why I'm pouring out. What I mean by God has to raise up, keep raising up one generation to another one. And the person, the person that is alive in your generation with the word of God that's giving you, that's who you, li you listen to. Well, if I was in Peter, uh, uh, Peter's day, but you're not in Peter's day. You're in my day. Tonight, right now, I'm the one that's preaching the word of God to you. God chose to put me here now. Well, I don't like that. Well, you tell it to God. That's not my fault. See, especially me coming from so far. You think I volunteer to come here? Hmm? <laughs> Jamaica is far more beautiful. And uh, here I am. Canada. I was in Canada. And here I come. Everybody said, come on, leave down. You've been there too long. But there's something that um, hold me here and when I see these young men because I know what tomorrow in their life if they continue what tomorrow will be wouldn't it be amazing that these young men come preaching the word of God yeah, yeah? wouldn't that be amazing yeah. well um, you said well I don't think so I don't think so I, I plan for their lives if you plan their life don't get me wrong, and you can if you want to get me wrong. If you plan their life and they follow your plan, they'll be away. 
there will be a wreck. Because you don't know. See, you don't know what is the perfect will of their life. And God has a will. You don't believe that, do you? Well, I've got to plan their life. So you plan it, and you find what happens. See, because uh, it's not in man that walketh to direct their steps, but you let God plan it for them. Like you let God call them like Samuel, and he ran to Eli. Didn't know who. He didn't know that was God. So he said, you did call me. No, I did not. Eli didn't call him. Go back to bed. Heard the voice again. Ran back to Eli. Can't blame him. He didn't know. Until finally Eli realized that God is calling the boy. And we will know. You can tell when they stood up here tonight that God has his hands in them. All of them. And uh, we just appreciate. Let God do it. See, you don't try to direct it. Because you don't know. You just don't know. And that's why uh, we get in trouble. Because uh, we need to let God handle the, the lives of the young people. And don't you be telling, do this, do this, jump here. And so, because you don't know what God is doing. And what the plan of God for their lives. Amen. So tonight we just ask God to bless us. And we, um, we're, we're living uh, uh, what they call, this is what, Holy Week? Am I right? Is it uh, Palm Sunday? Yeah, you know, on all these names that they give to it. And the Holy Week. Every week should be holy for us. And uh, uh, when they cast um, palm branches and all of that, and Jesus Christ with it, came into Jerusalem riding on a, on a donkey. Was it this uh, weekend? And uh, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, in um, Zechariah, the, uh, the uh, ninth chapter, is it, uh, of, uh, of Zechariah, chapter 9, uh, we are verse 9, Zechariah 9 and verse 9, we are, uh, yes, go ahead and read there, help me. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Notice here, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold thy king. Who is the king? No, no, notice that he was not even crowned yet as king. But the prophets prophesied it. The prophet um, Zechariah saw the king riding, and uh, he, behold thy king cometh unto thee. Now, he's just. And having salvation, lowly and riding upon, a, upon an ass. You see, Israel should not miss this. Do you see how clear this is? Or this was? They shouldn't, but they missed it. Their king came riding on an, uh, a donkey, the, um, the uh, fold of an, of, a, of an ass. My teacher taught me to say donkey. <laughs> See, um, I've been to school. <laughs> I've been a lot of training. See, lowly and riding upon a donkey, and upon a colt before of a donkey. <laughs> See, he taught me to read like that, and uh, because the word ass is offensive, can be offensive. So he said, just use the word donkey. 
uh, and so so we learn uh, under but do you see that uh, here are fulfilled this prophecy was already fulfilled Jesus Christ came uh, he sent the disciples to to loose the coal the foal of an of a donkey uh, that means the younger one and uh, the older one uh, was still left there and they brought the was it the younger one to Jesus that no one uh, has ever sat on no one has ever rode do you see that uh, uh, and, and that's how it is you can translate that that uh, the Lord is looking for uh, young people that's not mixed up confused and people been riding them with all kind of ideas they've been broken into tradition you can't do very much for some uh, for for someone that's already broken uh, someone been riding them with doctrine tradition see God is uh, reaching out for those that are empty and you give your life remember now thy Micah quote that was it thy creator who did that Micah remember now thy creator when uh, in the days of your youth when you're not messed up in your mind and you've got all kind of traditions all kind of doctrines all kind of spirit then the church has got to by the power of the Holy Ghost uh, empty you out and then begin to uh, fill you up with the uh, with the truth of the Word of God that's a big job when someone walking off the street and come here they didn't come empty they're ready program they've got all kind of uh, ideas and now they sit under you and they might not like you because you're trying to empty out uh, all that stuff that they have somebody say why don't you fill me up you already get you're already filled up but you're filled up with your own ways and you're filled up with your own ideas you're filled up with the ideas of men and how are you gonna pour in uh, new wine into old wine skin you've got to pour new wine into new wine skin so the Word of God is going to renew you see how do you become new when you hold by the renewing of uh, of your mind by the Holy Ghost so as you sit under the Word of God it's renewing you okay what's the other part of it by the uh, renewing of uh, your mind yes be not conformed thank you be not conformed but be transformed see before you came to Christ you were conformed and we trying to break you from that conform con conforming of, of, of to the world where you love not the world where you're free you've been delivered love not the world neither the things that oh my doesn't buy mean that you can't buy a new car it doesn't mean that uh, you can't stay in a nice hotel I, I'm hoping to stay in a nice hotel in Florida Amen. Well, I thought you're going to preach well preachers can stay in a nice hotel too and have a nice breakfast are you upset about that well you should say thank you Lord my pastor can at least have a nice bed and look through a window and uh, hmm? there's nothing wrong that the, the, there's nothing wrong with that well we um, we're going to preach but we can also stay in a nice put my feet up and um, just so my wife won't be upset with my snoring uh, and uh, you know you understand that <laughs> so so um, but God is good 
See, God is good. And God's not upset if you eat a nice breakfast. See, as long as you're studying the word of God and you're reading the word of God. How did I get on that? But um, the Lord is good to us. And uh, we should not be conformed to this world. Love not the uh, world nor neither the things. Doesn't mean you can't have a nice car. You can have a nice car, but it's not, uh, it's not, you're not worshiping it. Sunday mornings, you're not washing it and wiping it down, but you drive that thing to, to church and you park it. And, well, I can't take it. It's not, it's not clean enough. Well, you can. You can. You might, your car might not be clean enough, but you make sure it's your heart that the Lord doesn't look on your car. He look on your heart. So I appreciate what God is doing. And here, when he said rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Then notice there, shout. A lot of us don't understand. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem. For what, what, what's going on? What's the excitement all about? You ever hear somebody say, why is, why is the crowd gathering? What's all the excitement about? Uh, what's going on? But something wonderful is happening. A prophecy is being fulfilled right here. So what's going on? Shout about the event. You get that shout about what's going on. The king is coming. The king that has been prophesied about. Behold your king. Coming. So daughters of Zion. Shout. Notice it's directed to a specific group of people. Not everybody is going to shout. But there's a daughters of Zion. That's going to shout. Are you a daughter of Zion? Huh? Who do you belong to? What church do you go to? I belong to Mount Zion. Amen. The city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. The church of the firstborn. Where the spirits of just men are made perfect. Shout, thou inhabitants of Zion. So here, scattered all over the earth, there's Zion. Uh, people that belong to God. We are the shouters. And nobody might, uh, uh, a lot of people might not love him, but we love the Lord. And he's going to descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, I know the trump of God is a to do to do, but that's not it. The trump of God is you and I. We're trumpets. We are going to shout. That's what the Lord is coming back. God is gone up. With a shout. But he's coming back with a shout. See? The, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. What am I doing tonight? We're shouting. We're, we're trumpets. We're sounding the alarm. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Oh, you mean a little uh, instrument up there? No. But tonight it's a man of God or a woman of God that has the word of God. And you're shouting it out. This, this morning didn't. Uh, our brother Edward, wasn't he shouting? He's learning to blow his horn. And this morning, he, he blows something on his horn. And he said, guess what? I've got some more that I want to blow to you. All right, we want to hear it. See, that's, that's why I said, go ahead, because he said, I have another trumpet. And I need to, I need to blow it. So I said, okay, we're going to give you 10 minutes to blow. So you better learn that uh, tune very fast this week. And presented it. And I will hear it. I'll be away. But I'm going to hear uh, when um, uh, the uh, 
the uh, trumpeter uh, Edwards get up there and blow it. Who was that blowing? That's that man that uh, that uh, work over some shop over there. That he takes his uh, he takes his music to work. I heard my, he takes his music to work. That's why I forgot it in the uh, the shop, and he's learning to play. See, so uh, that's how many of you need to get in fire and have a little pocket Bible or something that when you go on your lunch break, don't read it. Don't read it on the boss's time. But when you go on lunch break, then you can read your little testament uh, or something like that or get in your car and listen to a, a tape. See, so rejoice greatly. Come on, not just sit there and don't know, but rejoice greatly, O Zion. Oh, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem. Do you understand? You've been in church for 20-something years. And you just sit there. But when you go to a football game or some kind of a sport, you watch you, watch you. You know, when you go to a, a little boogie-woogie, you know, and uh, good golly, and you know, and all that stuff, you'll be, you'll be slipping and sliding. But when you come to church, oh my God, you're dead and cold. And you're stiff and starchy and dry. And my, huh, I tell you, you, you understand the Holy Ghost can't touch you because you're too ugly. You pout and the Holy Ghost knows what's in your heart. But put a smile on and look and clap your hands. All the people. And shout with the voice of triumph. Rejoice. Greatly. Don't sit there and fall asleep off dead. Don't worry and be off dead because you've got a lot of time. You're going to have a long time in the grave to die. So why die in the church? See, you shouldn't make the church a graveyard, but you should be in fire, joyful. Uh, even, when, even when it seems like nothing is going on, then you make something happen. You're going to clap your hands. Amen. And when uh, uh, when uh, uh, everybody look around and say, where is that noise coming from? Oh, is that brother? Oh, is uh, that sister? Uh, she's always noisy. He's always noisy. You know what? You know what? You're marked. You're marked because you're praising God. So rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, look. Say, so you can't see him? Wait, wait. I've I got something to show you. Huh? You see uh, you can't see very far off. Just coming down the road. Straight. Uh, who, who did that? Straight ahead. Remember? Was it Mike or that? Straight ahead. There's a, a line that's drawn. And there's someone important that's coming at the end of it. See? It, it, it's calling your attention. Uh, oh, daughters of Jerusalem. Behold your king. That's awesome. To point, like John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God. Now, Micah, I mean, uh, uh, Zechariah is saying, Behold um, your king cometh. See, notice, cometh. Not just visiting. Cometh means he's going to stay with you. If I go away, I will come again. Amen. Cometh unto thee. How long? I'm going to show you how long he's been coming. Cometh. You and I weren't just uh, uh, saved yesterday or 20 years ago. Uh, I'll show you that's from everlasting. And people get all upset about pre-existence. Pre-existence for you and I, but not for Christ. Okay? 
is of always was and always will be. So it's because we don't understand the order of God. And then we blame God because he is from everlasting and he knows all things. Amen. And we get all upset because we don't understand we're of yesterday. Do you know that? We're just of yesterday. But he's from everlasting. He's forever. He has no beginning of days and ending of life. Without father. That, I, I mean, I'm puzzled. Without father, without mother. Without uh, beginning of days, no ending. He didn't begin and he cannot end. And yet he died. My God, that's awesome. That's something to shout about. He died for your sins and for my sins. He said, behold, your king. Okay? Come in. That, that's awesome to point out. There's so many kings before. But never uh, one was pointed out like this one. Behold, your king cometh unto thee. He is just. You want to see him? You've got to change your spirit, change your mind. Because he is just. You just don't see him by your natural eyes. He's just and having salvation. Lowly and riding upon a donkey and upon a colt, the foal of a donkey, whatever that is. He's just. And I, then it goes on now, into, and I will cut off the chariots from Ephraim and the horses. That means at the first coming, he did not uh, establish the kingdom. At the first coming, uh, he came with salvation, lowly. He did not come as a warrior to lead them into battle or to sit on the throne. Not yet. That will take the second coming. So that's where Israel didn't understand. They were looking for a Messiah, a king that would come riding into Jerusalem, not riding on a donkey. See, not riding on a little uh, coat. Uh, not, no, they were looking for a, a, a crown and a king riding in, but he didn't come that way. See, and many times the church is looking for God to bless you one way or to come one way, but he doesn't come that way. So you're not thankful in your heart. You get before God and say, do it my way, Lord, and I want it this way, and he didn't do it that way, and you get disappointed. said, and I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim. Ephraim is Israel. Get that? The ten tribes. Ephraim. You have Ephraim and Judah. Judah is the two tribes. Judah and Benjamin. And uh, Jerusalem is in Judah. And uh, the horse is from Jerusalem. And the battle bow shall be cut off. And he shall speak peace unto the heathen. That's the establishment of the kingdom in um, Psalms chapter 2. He shall speak peace. Uh, peace unto the heathen and his dominion shall be from sea to sea one end of the world or earth to the other one and from the river even I told you even to the ends of the earth Jesus Christ will have supreme authority over all the earth okay as for thee also by the blood of thy covenant I have sent forth the prison, thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. This is awesome right here. 
and uh, by the wait, just a minute, by the blood of the covenant. See uh, verse eleven, by the blood of the covenant. Uh, whose blood was that? That's Jesus Christ, the covenant. Behold, I make a new covenant unto you. It's a covenant of blood, uh, the blood of the Son of God. I have sent forth. Remember the prisoners. But you and I, we were in prison. How did we get out? By the blood. Somebody, uh, one of the boys made just one drop of the blood. Was it Micah again? Uh, one drop of that blood. Who said that? Whoever said that? Boy, they're, they're all preachers, so I get mixed up sometimes. But he said, one drop of that blood will save you. That's all it takes. One blood, one drop of the blood. And by the blood of the covenant, he sets you free out of the prison that satanic prison that you were in, that deep ditch in Psalms 40 that we were in. As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit, wherein is no water, no revelation, no word. Remember, you and I came out of a pit that there was no truth. There was no revelation, no knowledge of God. That's where he brought us out of an horrible pit. Amen. And he set our feet on a rock. That's Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's it. Because he brought you out of the pit, didn't he? You, we were in a deep ditch. And nobody could get us out. But Jesus Christ came. Jesus came and set the prisoners free. He drew you and he lifted you out of it. Aren't you glad about that? Uh, aren't you glad about that? Say Turn, so now, what do you do? What do you do now? Don't wait. Turn you to the stronghold. You prisoners, not in the pit, but of hope. Because you're saved by hope, and hope make it not ashamed, because the love of God, this is awesome. My Lord, this is wonderful. Turn you to the stronghold. Who is the stronghold? Jesus Christ is the stronghold. You prisoners of hope. You begin to turn out. By the word of God, you begin to turn by studying, understanding, praying. In the middle of the night, if God touch you, 2 o'clock in the morning, whatever time it is, God touch you, you turn to him. Amen? Don't just sit there in bed, lay in bed, and think about that woman you don't like. That brother you don't like. You know, the, you know the devil is bad? He'll keep you all night thinking about, and she's not worrying about you, she's sleeping. While you are 10 miles away, while worrying about, when I see her tomorrow, I'm not going to talk to her. And she's sleeping. And tomorrow when you see her, you're so sleepy. Or she might not even come to work that day. See, you've wasted a whole night. See, instead of turning to the stronghold, you're there focusing on somebody that hurt you. But the Bible said the way is to turn you to the stronghold. You prisoners have hope. Now remember now, you were prisoners drawn out of the pit. But now you become another prisoner of hope. You're a prisoner, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now you're taken captive voluntarily because you love him. So you're a prisoner of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto thee. God's going to bless you when you turn uh, from your sins, from your rebellion to the to the stronghold. Okay, let me um, let me re just read this and stop at this one. When I have bent Judah for me, 
That means he's going to turn Judah. They're in rebellion now, but God's going to bend them. That's what he did to you and I. He's bending your heart, bending your mind, bending your spirit. You ever see a stubborn old child? And you begin to bend them? Uh, you discipline them or do you bend them? Or a tree, Joan, you know, a tree, if you want it to go certain ways, you bend it when it's young. Because when it's old, you, can't, you cannot bend it. Well, that's what God do. He begin to bend us. Remember now thy creator, you bend you right now. And you bend you to God. You bend a child towards God. You, you can do that. You bend them like uh, Hannah with Samuel. Give him to the Lord. See, but uh, let, the Lord, uh, let the Lord lead that child and begin to talk to that child. And you have to read as a child that was known in the scripture. See, the mother and father or whoever begin to teach that child the word of God. That's what little Marina is doing right there in teaching these young men and young ladies. Well, wasn't that wonderful today? Watch them getting up there. She has a good influence. And uh, she loves God. She loves the church. She's not thinking about herself. She's putting God first and the word of God. She's an example. When I have bent Judah for me, fill the bowl with, uh, with Ephraim and raise up thy sons, O Zion, against thy sons. O Greece, and may thee as the sword of a mighty man. There, that's all a lot of God's talk right there. And that, take, that takes time to explain the language of God that he's talking right there. See? So he's saying a whole lot right there that uh, he was going to um, straighten out everything and then Judah and Jerusalem will be bent towards him. Amen? Okay. Uh, let me read this last one. The Lord, don't put any more up there. The Lord shall be seen over them. Do you know that? That's how awesome. The Lord will be seen over them. You look up there, and who's directing them? Who's guiding them? Why are they bent towards God when they were in rebellion? Is because the Lord is over them, and you put God as the as your Lord and your Savior, and you'll find out the Lord uh, shall be seen over them, and is. His arrows shall go forth as the lightning. You see that lightning and the arrows of God. And the Lord God shall blow the trumpet. Who? The Lord God shall blow the trumpet. I know what you think. The Lord blowing a trumpet. I did tell you before. To do, to do, to do. No. But it's you. God's going to give them a word. God's going to give them a message. And it's the Lord that stirred them up. It's the Lord that touched them. And they will blow uh, a trumpet. Uh, you, you're going to get up there not only talking but also singing. And I, I watched the I watched the choir tonight and even this morning. My, you're sounding even better. You're sounding where uh, it's nice to listen to. There was a time when it wasn't so nice to listen to. But you know you weren't practicing and, the, and it, it, there was no order. But now there seemed to uh, an order and uh, the playing is good. And I said to myself, I think we can have a little fellowship meeting because I would be proud of this choir singing. Wouldn't it be so? Amen. Am I right or wrong? And you were singing real good tonight and even this morning. So uh, it says that, uh, and the Lord God shall blow the trumpet and shall go with whirlwinds, notice, with whirlwinds of the south. That's... Uh, when you can explain these things, you can talk to me and tell me. Okay? Then you begin to know your Bible. Understand? You see, we quote a few scriptures here and there. 
well, we, we think we know the Bible. But there's so much mysteries that, that's there, and we don't look into all of these mysteries. We want to set things in order, and we don't know all of these scriptures, what they mean. Okay? See, when God begins to turn uh, towards Israel and Jerusalem and make them one, and uh, the Lord of hosts shall, next verse you said you're reading? Okay, why? The Lord of hosts shall defend them. Who's going to defend them? So all of this is showing the deliverance of, of, um, of uh, Judah and Jerusalem when they become one state. Uh, was it uh, beauty and ban uh, beauty and bands that become one? You ever heard that beauty and bands? They divided and they're two states, beauty and band, Israel and Judah. And he's going to make them one state. Now they're two states, two separate nations, two separate people. But he's going to join beauty and bands together and he's going to rule over them in Jerusalem. Beauty and bands. See, so all of this that we need to know, it's very important to know. And we go to church and we shout and drum, but we don't have a basic knowledge of the word of God. This church, I'd like to show you, and that's what I'm doing, into the scripture if you listen. See, you might have something else in your mind. But it's time to sit down and study and get all as much of the word of God as you can. You said, I can always get it tomorrow from every place. Not, not really. I've been searching. It's hard to find. Or you can find preachers, a lot of preachers. But to find an understanding of the word of God that can take you further in God. The Lord of hosts shall defend them. Who? That's powerful, isn't it? So you think that God is not going to defend Israel? Yes, it's up there. And they shall devour and subdue with sling stone. Well, back there, back there it was sling stone, but um, Judah and Jerusalem is going to fight. When the nation comes out, God's going to defend them, uh, uh, defend them, and they shall devour. That means they're going to devour their enemies and subdue them with sling stone. Sling stone. Um, sling stones. You know what? Back there, what did David uh, destroy Goliath with? A sling and a stone. So there's a big Goliath that's going to come down with a sling and a stone. You have mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of order, and all this system is coming down with a sling and a stone. And not only does only with carnal weapons, but also sling. And who is that stone? Sling stone. He's both the sling and he's the stone. And God's going to shoot his arrows against the enemy. These, these are all prophecies. A sling stone. You're, you're a living stone. Who are the stones? He's a chief cornerstone, but you're the living stone. And he's going to put you, uh, when, and, and when he sling you out to Puerto Rico. Right? Get on a plane and he's he sling you out to Jamaica. Sling stone. That was a stone that dropped there in Florida and proclaimed the word of God. It got a message. What's the message? You come to me with carnal weapons, but I come to you in the name of the Son of God. And you begin to proclaim sling stone. See, God's going to subdue them with what? Slim stone out of his mouth going a sharp two edged sword. 
that with it he should smite the nation. Sling stones are not stones out there, but it's tried stone, living stone, precious cornerstone. See, that's what God is going to do, subdue them with sling stones. See, you're a stone, you're a tried stone, and you are in the bow of the Lord, you're in the sling of the Lord. And when he shoots you out into a ministry, see, that's what God does. Look, look at you and I, we're subdued. By because somebody uh, uh, shoot, shot a stone at us. And then we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, I know there's going to be Armageddon, but that's just for a short season. But I'm talking about subduing the nation. Read the word of God. God's not just going to kill them off. He's going to use the word of God and subdue them. And they shall drink and make a noise. <laughs> Are you listening now? They, they shall drink and make a noise as through wine. And they shall be filled like bowls and as the corners of, an, uh, uh, of the altar. All right, you can put it two ways. They're going to drunk and get... But notice that began on the day of Pentecost. What did God do? Well, and when he began to fill them and they drank, these men are drunk. The, the new wine. Be not filled with uh, natural wine, but with the spiritual wine. And they, they shall drink. And notice what they do. If you ever drink the word of God and let the Holy Ghost touch you and drink, what are you going to do? Tell me what are you going to do? If the Holy you see you sitting out there tonight, and sometimes you're quiet, holding your little head down, you let the Holy Ghost touch you tonight, and you begin to shout, Thou inhabitants of Zion. They will... Uh, so, uh, they will shout. They shall drink. And when they drink, what are they going to do? Make a noise. If they're not making a noise, it's because they're not drinking. They're not drunk. They don't have the wine, the new wine. Amen. And so nobody's going to throw them anywhere. And they will be like bowls when you fill it up. They're filled with new wine. My God, I'm filled when you fill it up tonight, draw it out and fill up the, and bear it to the governor and you're filled and they'll make noise and you'll shout and praise God uh, and at the corners of the altar. That's the altar of God. You'll find Jesus Christ. He's the altar of God. Oh my goodness. That's a powerful verse of Pentecostal preacher and evangelist get a hold of that and begin to shout you daughters of of uh, Zion. Wow. Look at that. Behold your king. Coming. And he died for you. But after a while. What he's going to do on the day of Pentecost. Pour out the wine. The new wine. And you'll drink. And be drunk. Oh God. You'll be so drunk. That you'll forget who you are. I'm glad I didn't stop. Go on to the next verse. It says. Uh, and the Lord their God shall save them in that day as a flock of his people for they shall be as the stones of a crown lifted up as an ensign upon his land. Next verse. Next verse says for how great is his goodness and how great is his beauty. Look at this now. 
corn shall make the young men cheerful. Hold on. What corn? You mean the corn out, out there that Brother Steve cooked? That's not that kind of corn. It's the corn of the Word of God. Shall make the young man happy. Cheerful. Because corn, when you grind it, you get meal. And you take the meal and make bread. And I'm the bread of life. And you eat, my, eat me, Jesus said, the loaf. Corn makes bread. Corn bread. Raise Angie. Corn bread. And you eat that corn bread. See, so corn will make the young men cheerful. Because they're not hungry. They're filled up with bread. They're cheerful. They're not, you know, when somebody's hungry, they're moody and pouty. But now they've been feasting on the bread of life. And new wine, the maize. So the young men will be cheerful. And the maids also because of the new wine. So what's going to happen when you put the new, uh, when you put the young men and the maidens together? You're going to have dancing and shouting in Jerusalem. There's going to be shouting. And the streets will be filled with boys and girls dancing. That's what the kingdom would be. Dancing and praising God. Amen. That's it. Are you happy tonight? I think I'll stop right there. I think I'll stop. I'm going to ask Brother Steve to say something.